from Los Angeles. Next, Rethinking Heroes. We talk with Hollywood blockbuster director Rennie Harlan, whose new film The Bricklayer paints a new face on the CIA. Then we'll hear from a transgender congressional candidate looking to unseat Nancy Pelosi in a Congress full of straight white men. Think it's going to be easy? (laughs) Well, it's next on Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top-secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth, all while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh-oh. With me, Carrie Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Carrie Harrison. Carrie Harrison with you, and thanks for listening to Rethinking Heroes. Make sure you check out our podcasts on every major platform and give them a nice thumbs up or a like, because, of course, we like you. Now, let me set the stage for you. When it comes to Hollywood blockbusters, director Rennie Harlan knows how to tell an impactful story. Harlan's films have grossed over $1.2 billion worldwide, and one of those latest, called The Bricklayer, starring Aaron Eckhart, unveils, well, it's a world where a rogue insurgent is playing mind games with the CIA, not unlike every day nowadays. Uh, but this one is assassinating foreign journalists, oh, not unlike every day today, and making it look like Uncle Sam's spooks are behind the chaos. Hmm. Well, the CIA has no choice but to bring in one of their top spooks out of retirement their sharpest and most rebellious operative, of course, sort of a Navy SEAL on steroids in black tie. Give a little kiss of James Bond there. Elite skill sets with a rebellious streak. And that guy is on a mission to clear the CIA's name by digging up an international conspiracy. Of course, the CIA, well, it is an international conspiracy by its definition, if you think about it. We all know that heroes take on many forms from the traditional to untraditional, defenders to whistleblowers. If you like a good cinematic roller coaster that resonates with today's geopolitics, you're gonna like the action thriller, The Bricklayer. Among the stars, Aaron Eckhart, The Man from the Dark Knight and Olympus Has Fallen, and Nina Dobroff, The Vampire Diaries and Let's Be Cops. See, The Bricklayer is directed by Rennie Harlan, who gave us Cliffhanger, Die Hard 2, and a long kiss goodnight, among many others. With me now is Rennie Harlan, and I'd like to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you, Carrie. Very nice to be here. And director uh, Rennie Harlan, you're originally from Finland. You're known for your mastery in the action thriller genre, having brought big block, block, try saying that one 10 times, big blockbusters to Hollywood while also having one of your first films banned in your home country of Finland, a classic sort of Hollywood irony in which you get smacked for doing something cool. Uh, You originally wanted to be a pilot, but then ended up piloting great storytelling instead, taking us all on adventures that you knew could be had. Tell us a little bit about Bricklayer. The Bricklayer for me is really uh, almost like a throwback to the movies that I grew up with. I grew up with the 1970s, really, really gritty, hard-hitting action movies and then started making my own movies in the 80s and into into 90s. And uh, I wanted to give the audience a movie where you really feel the sweat and blood of the actors and the stunt guys working. So there's no digi-doubles and digital cars and weightless 
uh, Unreal action. This is really like hard-hitting stuff where you feel if you get punched in the face, it hurts. And, uh, and that's the kind of action cinema I believe in, and that's what I wanted the audience to experience. Well, I guess maybe once upon a time, originally you were going to be a pilot, so the military made sense to you. So I think having that reality of what it's really like in a situation totally changes it from a lot of green screens and sound effects, as you point out. Uh, what? How did you inspire your actors to say, now you're going to actually get punched? It's going to be fun. I, you know, uh, casting actors, is it's it's like putting, putting your, your own... Uh, painting together you know you have the framework you have your plans how you're going to shoot it and then the actors are going to give you the brush strokes and the color and uh and it's you just have to find the right people when you talk to the people you you will hear in their voice if they are like oh no i'm afraid of this and i'm afraid of that and i don't like heights and i don't like water and i don't like getting wet and i don't like getting <laughs> dirty it's like okay you might be a great actor but you're not right for this but i i when I talk to the actors, I want to hear that they really like they have that same kind of like a kid in their heart that I have, which is I still feel after all these years of making movies, I feel like I'm a kid in a in a big sandbox. I have all the toys and I can create anything and I want to have fun and I want to do stuff that is exciting and entertaining. And and I want actors who have the same feeling and they they, you know, of course we train hard and, and practice these action sequences so that they are not dangerous to the actors and they don't get hurt for real. But it takes takes almost like a dancer's sense of rhythm for the actor to really understand the choreography of an of a elaborate action scene and be able to execute it. You know, you point out how it is really a sandbox of fun. It really is a playground. You really are 10 years old. That's the thing is that you get to go to work. Many other people have to go to work. I mean, we all have to go to work, but you get to go to work and you get to create art. You get to create stories. You get to imagine it and then see it turn out at the end exactly or hopefully close to the way that you intended. And what a way to live. Like there's something to be said for following your passion here. It, it really is. And, and, uh, Somebody smart once said that, you know, if, if, you, if you choose to do uh, what you love in your life, you'll never work a day in your life. And uh, of course, you know, it's, 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 life is not always uh, easy and simple. And, you know, you work long hours and you sacrifice your family time and, and those things. But, but there's also, I believe, there's a way to, to balance that stuff. And my love for movies has, has been there since I was six years old when my mom took me to the movies for the first time. She was a movie lover, and she installed that love of movies in me. And for me to be able to do this my whole life, I've been doing films since I was, I was 11 years old, and to be able to think up this, cook up these stories and get all the children to come together with me and, and play and, and have fun... Uh, you know, I, I was I was just making another movie. I just finished shooting another movie with Sir Ben Kingsley. He's he's seventy nine or eighty years old. He's still doing what he loves, and he said to said to me like, you know, can we just play? He called me the governor. Uh, <laughs> he said, governor, can we just play? And that's that's what I feel like I'm doing. I do feel like I am the luckiest guy in the world 
for being able to do what I love. And I, I try to give that love of movies to the audience so that they would, they would enjoy what, what we've created together. And uh, I just want them to be entertained and have fun. You know, in your sandbox of fun with all the kids, getting, you know, a guy who played Gandhi to play a tough one, to, to get Sylvester Stallone to keep laughing for you. Um, I mean, the, when we see them on the screen, they're kind of the, many, many times they're the same guys, the same kinds of characters. But in real life, you're dealing with the same kind of kids who have the same sense of humor and the same appetites, and you end up having a really fun experience. People see a film and they just know, like reading, reading a book. You have no idea what the author went to to write it, but there's so much joy in it. And I think that's what you're showing us here. Well, I, I try. I really like my philosophy is that I, I want to shoot the movies in a way that I put the audience in the driver's seat. I want the audience to feel what the characters feel and get emotionally involved, uh, have moments of humor and levity and and just be excited we go to the movies you know to 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 feel something to either cry or laugh or be excited or be scared and and that that's what i'm trying to do i'm always i'm always trying to make a movie that i would love to watch and uh and i hope it works Carrie Harrison with you, and this is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter so we can keep you in the loop, give you video versions of these conversations and other bells and whistles we simply cannot do on the radio. We're talking to director Rennie Harlan of the Aaron Eckhart blockbuster, The Bricklayer. Rennie Harlan is also a producer, screenwriter who's worked in Hollywood, Europe, China, best known for A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger, The Long Kiss Goodnight, and Deep Blue Sea. Rennie Harlan's films have grossed over $1.2 billion worldwide, and he's speaking to us today from his home in Miami. One final question. You're not, you're not stuck in a single genre. Sure, we've had blockbusters. We've had uh, the people that I mentioned, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, but you also uh, play with uh, uh, Chinese themes, different genres, uh, history. Uh, you're not a monolithic director. You've got a wide spate of, of appetites and uh, imaginations here. Well, I, I, I feel like there are so many stories to tell. And I, I, maybe it's a cliche, but I think every, every filmmaker in their heart, you know, you want to do your big war movie and you want to do your spy thriller, which I did with the bricklayer. And you, you know, I want to tell my love story still. I want to do my beautiful, beautiful romantic love story. And I like horror also because I grew up watching Hitchcock and, and, uh, uh, Polanski and I love scary movies. I love scaring the audience. So there are so many genres. I, I don't want to be pigeonholed into just doing one thing. I want to tell, so many different kinds of stories and and entertain people so uh who knows what's next but uh but i'm i'm keeping my eyes open and for me it's just when i see a script that is exciting and that it's visual that has interesting characters it doesn't matter what genre it is it's just an opportunity to tell tell an entertaining story and i'm in so science fiction is on the table as well Science fiction is always on the table. It's it's uh it's complicated. It's science fiction is very challenging, and I feel like it's it's getting more and more challenging every day because the technology is changing so much. So, and there, I must say that there's you know on 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 streaming channels there's been some amazing science fiction 
projects uh, in the in the recent years. So it's science fiction is a tough one because it's expensive to create a, a universe. So uh, that is is a genre that is a very challenging one to to try to conquer. Let's end on this. You're from Finland originally, so you're a Finnish director. I know it took a lot of college for me to fix your figure that one out. Um, that said, breaking into Hollywood, which is a complicated animal of its own being, uh, you've done so well, and you spent a lot of time back in Finland. And uh, as a, a guy who didn't grow up here necessarily, um, how's your sort of how would you explain to somebody the difference between somebody who's American just jumping on in because their uncle happens to own Warner Brothers and you coming across the pond and killing it? Uh, I, I could say that I got really lucky, but it would be simplifying it. You, I believe in life, you, you create your own luck and it's a combination of some talent, hard work and being in the right place at the right time. And, uh, that's, that's the advice I always give to people who are asking, asking me, how did you make it? Uh, one big reason is how I made it was that I was so clueless I was a 20-year-old kid from Finland. I didn't know how Hollywood worked. I didn't know that you needed to have an agent and a manager and a lawyer and all those things. I just I just jumped right in and I said, I'm here. I love movies. I know how to make them. I want to make movies in Hollywood because this is where they are made. And I think that I took people by such surprise because they hadn't seen such kind of uh, unbridled uh, enthusiasm and, and passion and cluelessness <laughs> that they thought we got to give this kid a chance you know he is so passionate about what he wants to do and uh and it's really kind of tragic tragic you know when i know how the business works now and and i've I, what i've seen over the years it is it is one in a million or it's one in a 10 million uh you know people who have these dreams who can actually make it I think it's easier now than it was when I was starting out because now you have, you know, cell phones. You can make a movie with a cell phone. If you have a story idea and if you have a visual sense and you want to tell a story, you can literally do it with your phone and you can that way prove to people that you have something. Uh, when I was starting out, it, it was so expensive to put anything together. It was very hard to prove that you can do it. Uh, but like I said, it, it you know, I went through a lot of hard years in the beginning. I lived in a garage in, in Hollywood for two years with no money whatsoever. So, and uh, last thing I say is, is I, you know, uh, my mom, whenever I was able to gather enough money that I could actually use a payphone to call my mom in Finland, she said, Renny, please come home. You're a talented guy. You can have a nice life here. And I said, I can never admit failure. I would rather die here then come back to Finland, admit that I never reached my dream. And, and that's how I made it. And we should explain to people that living in a garage in Hollywood, Hollywood sounds, because you've seen it on TV, as this place where allegedly movie stars are at cafe sidewalks, you know, enjoying lunch out. And there is no such place. It's a, basically a giant set. And, and Hollywood, though the brand is glamorous, living in a garage in that place not so glamorous so you boy did you pay you, you you're you're absolutely right and it, it, you know i i think the biggest disappointment in the world is when people either for a tourist holiday trip or for work dreams or whatever they say 
we're going to Hollywood <laughs> because like you said, it doesn't exist. There is no glamorous place where people are walking on the sidewalks and sipping uh, uh, cappuccinos or martinis and hanging out with stars. It doesn't exist. You will never see a star in Hollywood because Hollywood doesn't exist. So be prepared. It's a tough place. Yeah. The, I had a little mini studio uh, and you talk about one in a million and it's the same thing in, in radio and broadcasting, you know, four companies own everything. So have a nice day. But I built a little micro studio on um, Hollywood and Vine, just a famous intersection, little green yeah. screen studio. And it was basically, you know, guys with guns and hoodies and God knows what walking by the glass while your guests are sitting in there. And I thought, what have I done here? You know, but it is it is comical because the outcome of what you make, again, is something that we all want all over the world. And when you can create something yourself, knowing that somebody in Finland, somebody in Switzerland, somebody in Samot, somebody, you know, standing in the Eiffel Tower on the roof has seen your work. That is such a great way to be a storyteller. And you have done it, my friend. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much. And it, it's, it's been really, really, really interesting talking with you. You have a different kind of an angle and, and uh, approach to these things. And like, I know, I, I can feel that you feel this stuff for real. And, and you've been through this world like I have. So I feel a lot of kinship. But now that we are both in Florida, we have to get together. All right, my friend. Well, I'm waving at you from Tampa. I know you're in Miami. You probably have a bigger yacht. I don't have one, but um, someday I will sail on it. Fantastic. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, my friend. Be well. Thank Bye. you. You too. Bye-bye. Carrie Harris with you. It is Rethinking Heroes. You can go to our website, RethinkingHeroes.com. Make sure you sign up for our free newsletter so we can keep you in the loop with everything going on. And you'll also be able to see video of this interview, including B-roll and clips, something that we can't do on the radio. So we certainly invite you to enjoy. Coming up, former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has been in Congress almost 40 years and is now being challenged by a transgender woman from San Francisco. Is that going to be an uphill climb given the fact that Congress looks nothing like the giant nation it is actually governing? A kleptocracy of old men stripping away rights at the speed of light? And during these rapidly homophobic times when entire states like Florida have literally removed access to medical care, stranding tens of thousands of LGBT people with no access to what we in California would consider normal medical care or in Europe simply medicine. LGBT are being blocked from everything from antibiotics to cancer treatments. And Governor Ron DeSantis has made it legal to fully discriminate and has given insurance companies permission to deny any and all claims if there's even a whiff of something that might check a box called other. I don't know about you, but we sure all don't check the same box. I don't care who you are. Ironically, the largest concentration of Republican voters are all over 80 years old and they live in Florida. Uh, this number two state to that would be Arizona. But the largest concentration of Republican voters, and they're all over 80, live in Florida. And now they can no longer get treatment for, let's just say, certain maladies. It's a form of predictable blowback when you give giant insurance companies unfettered leverage. Florida is the third largest state, of which 16% is over 80 years old and fully enjoying the thrill ride of Viagra. So the statistics bear out. 
STDs are through the roof. Insurance companies, insurance companies don't want to treat people over 80 because if they can allow people to succumb to a nice infection, it immediately removes lots of future doctor payments for an age group for whom doctor visits can often be every other day. The point of this delicious rabbit hole? Well, the governor of Florida is ironically wiping out his own Republican voting bloc, not by banning books or making it a third-degree felony to say slavery was a bad thing, but his hate bullets are now backfiring into the very voters who've smugly enjoyed his bullying. In a moment, we're going to meet Bianca von Krieg, a San Francisco transgender congressional candidate who says she wants to change things. Bianca von Krieg is a progressive, but unusually embraced by the conservative media. AOC is also a progressive, but is reviled by the conservative media. What's the secret sauce here? Well, we're going to find out on the other side. We are in complete control. We are Rethinking Heroes with Kerry Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com Looking to earn more money online? Well, meet Kartra, that's K-A-R-T-R-A, the ultimate all-in-one business platform that makes it easier than ever to boost your income. With Kartra, creators, coaches, and experts can turn their knowledge and services into profits. You can create pages and funnels that attract customers, build memberships that share your knowledge, automate your business to free up your time, and so much more. Kartra has every tool you need to grow your business in one place. And the best part? It's super affordable and easy to use. Are you ready to streamline and scale? Well, head on over to RethinkingHeroes.com money for a free 30-day trial. That's RethinkingHeroes.com money for a free 30-day trial. Rethinking Heroes. Are you familiar with Riverside Recovery of Tampa? Well, they offer a profound, all-embracing approach to addiction treatment. With a dedicated team of empathetic professionals, Riverside Recovery is committed to guiding individuals on their path to enduring recovery, using a variety of science-backed therapies, counseling, and support services. Riverside Recovery values the individuality of every recovery journey. Their tailored treatment plans respond to the specific needs, the hurdles, the goals of each resident, providing effective aid regardless of whether you're taking your first steps in recovery or maintaining your progress. With Riverside, recovery isn't just achievable, it's an influential journey towards a healthier, brighter future. The testimonials of those who've undergone treatment there are evidence of rediscovered self-worth and potential. Located on the tranquil Hillsborough River of Tampa, Riverside serves as a peaceful haven, promoting self-discovery and healing. They acknowledge that recovery is about more than just overcoming difficulties. It's also about finding your innate strength and resilience. The Riverside Recovery's committed team are your empathetic allies in your recovery journey. They comprehend that genuine healing involves the mind, the body, and the spirit, meticulously dealing with all facets of addiction. You can discover more at rrtampa.com. That's rrtampa.com. Or reach out at 1-800-871-5440. That's 800-871-5440. 800-871-5440 or rrtampa.com Listen while it's still legal. Rethinking Heroes with Kerry Harrison. 
RethinkingHeroes.com. And it is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Don't forget to catch our podcast on every single streaming platform. It's a great way if you've missed this live version. I hear from tons of people under probably the age of 40 who listen to us uniquely on podcasts, which is great, all over the planet, weirdly, but I love it, uh, including in states where this broadcast, the way we do it here, would be banned because we do talk about things like free speech. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? But they are banning books in other states and doing things, and we're actually free in the state of California to talk about everything. And so our podcasts go into places where they can't talk about it, but we can. So it's a, a, a delightful act of civil disobedience to take our podcast, wherever you hear it on Spotify, uh, tune in, even SiriusXM's apps. doesn't matter where you go. Just put in Rethinking Heroes and share it with someone else. Now, some members of Congress have been in the Capitol building through multiple paint jobs, through refurbishments, winters, summers, winters, summers, uh, winters and summers, and then a few more winters and several more summers after that. The notion of term limits has been a discussion for decades, and the public seems to want it more than ever. While politicians in Europe may also have a long lifespan, they know that bad rulemaking or serious ethical misconduct are going to get them clobbered because their constituents still believe in, you know, table manners and, well, they think climate change is real. Former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has been in Congress for almost 40 years and is now being challenged by a transgender woman from San Francisco who says Pelosi has accomplished nothing other than establishing herself as an amoral shill for the deep state. Quote, further pointing out on her LinkedIn page from 2003 to 2021, Pelosi's net worth tripled to $150 million dollars. And that during her time in office, her party had a supermajority three times and still no codifying of Roe versus Wade, no Green New Deal, no Medicare for all. So with a degree from MIT and a BA from Stanford, Bianca von Krieg is currently a co-host of The Progressive Report, a weekly podcast that covers the latest news and issues from a progressive perspective. She also runs her own campaign for the U.S. House of Representatives, advocating for universal basic income, defunding the police, taxing the rich, Medicare for all, and the Green New Deal. Before becoming a co-host and a candidate, by the way, she was an actress for over seven years, and her platform is about social justice, environmental sustainability, and a democratic reform to create positive change and empower communities. Bianca von Krieg, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Hi. Hi, uh, <laughs> hi Carrie. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Would you mind kicking on your camera? Because we are video streaming. It would be great to see you. And if you could nudge a little closer to your microphone, that would also be awesome so we can hear you well. Oh, I'm really not camera ready um, right now, but um, uh, you forgot to add in my bio. I, I also enjoy being ravaged by Christian Louboutin shoes. So. <laughs> are you closer to a microphone? Is there any way you can nudge closer? Because the radio side, we can't, we can't see you to read your lips. But your microphone is, is this better? Much better. Thank you so much. Fantastic. So let's just jump into it. Uh, you seem to be the bane of Nancy Pelosi's existence. What's your secret recipe for getting under her skin? My secret recipe is persistence and talking to the people of San Francisco, including conservatives. Um, we're actually going to be shadow endorsed by the San Francisco Republican Party because we're winning them back on issues like Green New Deal, Medicare for All, and especially universal basic income. 
which shifts the burden of caring for an employee from the employer to society, which is really where it belongs. And we intend to pay for this, not by taxing the middle class, but by taxing the uber class, the, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who is worth $100 billion. I live in a district where it's, uh, of 77 billionaires, that's out of 100, that's out of California's 156 billionaires, and we still don't have a wealth tax. So we're going to fix that. And the good news is, I just saw in the news this morning, even Steve Bannon is saying tax the rich. I couldn't believe that. Well, I, I wouldn't think that that's for the same reason. There's always a very dark side that's going to somehow help them. Interesting about Mark Zuckerberg, who cleverly bought up many, 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 many apartment buildings in San Francisco, only to rent them out to his own employees. So when he pays them a salary, he gets a whole lot of it back in exorbitant rents. So this guy is an extraordinary capitalist, but he's made living in your city, San Francisco, uh, the second largest city in California. He's made it really virtually impossible for a newcomer, even people who've been there for years. How do you even afford it? The homelessness is off the chart. And we know in L.A. about homelessness, so we can't even compete, arm wrestle over that one. No one's going to win. But the quality of life has diminished so much because it's now dirt floors or marble floors. It's a pharaonic existence. You're either pharaoh in the pyramid or you're, you know, the slaves pushing the boulders up. We actually live in that era now. You're looking to change that. Absolutely. And it starts with our political landscape here. I mean, if you look at the face of San Francisco leadership, it really just is not addressing these problems. And that we had a major victory last night with the Ninth Circuit ruling where they basically said they can't force people off the street unless they have a place for them to go. That's huge for us because at that point, you, we will not enable these political leaders to scapegoat their ineptitude by criminalizing poverty and weaponizing crime. We are forcing them to solve the problem. And it's going to be an investment. It's going to be a, a long-term investment. It's like a regular tree. You got to plant them now so that you'll have them in 100 years. But we got to eat our political vegetables. We have to solve these problems. It is imperative. And the, the neoliberal uh, establishment of, of California and San Francisco, it's clear who they're really working for. They're really working for the uber rich. And we've seen this by San Francisco's mayor. If you go to our YouTube channel, Bianca for San Francisco, and look up Pod Life, you'll see that the mayor expects people who aren't billionaires to live in these pods, these windowless pods, <laughs> until they make it in tech. I'm not kidding. <laughs> And, uh, and these pods are, you know, they're actually even less glamorous than San Francisco's jail cells. So <laughs> we, have to, we have to change these things. We have to have a wealth tax. We have to have a serious progressive tax structure. And by the way, all this stuff we're basing on, on our economic advisor, uh, former Labor Secretary Robert Reich, who is now a professor at UC Berkeley, um, <clears throat> where we've learned that 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. The bottom 81% of America owns just 7% of this of our wealth. This is not working. There is no American dream. We got to bring it back and not through ridiculous ideals like MAGA, but by actual, you know, significant progress in progressive areas like taxing the rich, like universal basic income, like Medicare well, for all. B Bianca von Krieg, uh, clearly it, the American dream is working for those allowed to dream it. 
It's just the rest of the people, uh, you know, it's like going back 200 years, you know, when the Irish yeah. arrived or the Italians or the Hebrews. Not welcome here. You may clean the floor, maybe. That's it. So we've really gone back so far and we're clueless because we have the Kardashians, endless Netflix, and really we feel like we're living abundant lives. But when we buy a flat screen TV, we use our credit card as opposed to having really truly had an across the board salary increase where you could actually pay for it and not be in debt. So the whole country has become a giant company town. We're talking to transgender congressional candidate Bianca von Krieg. She holds a degree from MIT, a BA from Stanford, and is co-host of the, of the Progressive Report. She's running a, her own campaign for the U.S. House of Representatives against Nancy Pelosi, advocating for universal basic income, defund funding the police, taxing the rich, Medicare for all, and the Green New Deal. Carrie Harris with you. This is Rethinking Hero. Don't forget to catch our podcasts on every major streaming platform and like them. And let's ask Bianca von Krieg, you're a proponent of defunding the police, which in some yes. places sounds like a swell idea and other places scares people. Uh, this is not Switzerland where people are not desperate simply to eat or get access to stuff, even though they all have guns there. They're not desperate, so they don't use them against each other. We live in an entirely different kind of crucible, if you want to think of it that way. Would there be a middle road of simply maybe demilitarizing the police back to regular beat cops on foot with a ton of new accountability measures, or do you just scrap them? Well, that's certainly a great start. As a matter of fact, we'd like to see it be more like the Bobby system in England where they're not even allowed to carry guns. Um, but we're also in favor of a graduated defunding the police system. So, you know, taking it in increments and as long as there is an equivalent amount or an associated amount of funding and social issues, we know, we know that when we house people, they are so much less likely to steal and commit crimes. We know, we know that universal basic income has been a phenomenal success. They've tested it in Stockton Oakland, Santa Clara, and we're just now starting it in San Francisco. We know that these programs work. And once we stop investing in cops, which is the superficial approach, <clears throat> and ultimately really does nothing to stem crimes. Look, you know, we're seeing people commit horrendous crimes. The Golden State Killer, who was actually an ex-cop himself, he got like seven you know, life without paroles. I'm pretty sure it stopped stinging after the first one. So we need to change our approach to things. We need to put more carrot back in the system and use less stick. And it starts with these programs that we've talked about. It's so critical. It's so critical to, to actually solve these problems and not weaponize crime and not scapegoat, uh, not scapegoat these people and do not criminalize poverty. It's not a crime to be poor. It's something, it's a challenge for us to address and fix and make ourselves better as a people. Well, that would be great. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the system and the people, the residents of this country generally don't think that way. They think they actually now believe having had four years of a president telling them that if you want it, take it. There is no such thing as, let me put it this way. The Democratic Party, which you speak about, and Nancy Pelosi having been in there for 40 years and, and achieved precious little that we know about, I do remember when she became Speaker of the House, we were all very excited that she was going to wear Prada and bring down that gavel. 
um, it did, really didn't turn out that way. We went through the Bush administration, other things. We had multiple supermajorities. The needle didn't move much. The explanation is always the same. Well, the Republicans, they get up and they fight and they obstruct. Well, yeah, they do. That's what, that's what opposition parties do. They fight. So fight back, like grow a pair. I know. Whatever. I was, I, we told, we told our, our friend in the progressive caucus, you know, we should take, we could take a page from their book, looking at Chip Roy and Matt Gates going at during the last speaker debate. I mean, we need to, we need to get that kind of tenacity going for us. And, um, you know, and we've even seen it during the, we've, during the last midterm elections in 2022, we lost the House, and we had, and it was our race to lose. It was the Democrats' House race. It was the Democrats' race to lose. They had everything going for them. They had the president running the show, and they had the Democrats running the House and the Senate. We could have given America the economic relief that polls overwhelmingly show they want so much more than abortion or any of these other you know distractions like renaming schools or tearing down statues or, or flags that people don't like. We need to stay focused on the money. Money solves 100% of socioeconomic problems. But again, they really don't care because people like Nancy Pelosi, they aren't really Democrats, right? They're what we call neoliberals. They're dinos. They're people who have been usurped by the uniparty or deep state, whatever you want to call it, which has corrupted both parties. And we're seeing that kind of backlash in the Republican Party too with the Freedom Caucus as well. We've seen them, you know, corrupt both parties and drag. And it's really easy to find these deep state candidates. You go to Open Secret or the Federal Elections Commission. They have a great search service and search the candidate. You can see their top donors. If they're giving money to the other side, that's your deep that's your deep state candidate. That's your deep state donor. Um, actually, ironically, of all, uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter Alex produces a great documentary on this called Meet the Donors. I recommend everybody watch it. If you really want to see the sausage being made, so to speak, <clears throat> we're looking to hear alternative perspectives, alternative candidates. Uh, Bianca von Krieg, I mentioned earlier, you were transgender, kind of blew it off like it's nothing. Sure, in LA, it's nothing. In San Francisco, it's nothing. Uh, but in other states, uh, you will not even get an aspirin, and you could be arrested for trying to get an aspirin. As a transgender person, you're running for the United States Congress. That is going to be an uphill climb. You've spoken out about Juno actor Elliot Page coming out as transgender. How do you see celebrity coming outs uh, contributing to broader discussions around transgender issues and what impact do they have? Well, it's certainly positive, um, but sometimes it can be negative in the case of, uh, uh, what's her name, Jenner, um, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, we've seen a bit of a backlash, and what we, and the thing is, is that she really didn't deserve that. It was the media who de um, who really deserved all that angst, because they're the ones who completely ignored it until a celebrity came into place. And the problem with Caitlyn was, at the time, um, you know, a lot of these procedures to help a person transition, and a lot of them are cosmetic in nature. We call them FFS, facial feminization surgery. <clears throat> weren't being covered and are extremely costly to do and are um, very necessary, especially for you know, some of the older people who transition. So Caitlin was able to afford these things and she was the one who's being profiled and they weren't really talking about a lot of the challenges the transgender people face. It was more like, you know, another look at me contest. So it's, it's great in that we're bringing our, our exposure up, our profile, we're talking about the needs of these things, you know, and, 
Yeah, for people who are conservative leaning in this audience, I know that there's a lot of uh, stuff going on in schools and all that stuff. But what people really need to understand is that one, these therapists are good people who um, who really do know what they're doing, and the suicide stats among trans people are staggering and unfortunately very, very real. So I'd ask people to keep in mind that before they, um, you know, become critical of transgender people. We're talking to transgender congressional candidate Bianca von Krieg, holding a degree from MIT and a BA from Stanford, co-host of the Progressive Report, running her own campaign for the U.S. House of Representatives against Nancy Pelosi, advocating for universal basic income, defunding the police, taxing the rich, Medicare for all, and the Green New Deal. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Make sure when you check out our podcast on every streaming platform, you give them a nice like. Let's uh, jump into uh, maybe a, a little more controversy here because you are a national media figure in the conservative arena as a transgender, as a progressive, especially on LGBT, to- LGBT topics. How do you navigate the intersection between conservative values and your advocacy for LGBT issues? Well, you know, we have we have some areas that we agree on, right? Like universal basic income. A lot of Republicans are conceding, as we've seen with the Bannon announcement, that economic relief is desperately needed. Um, <clears throat> I'm the only Democrat to sign the pledge for term limits that puts me in the same camp as Matt Gates and um, Ted Cruz. And, you know, recently defunding the police, too. Um, we've can't, we've gotten there from different places, but the rallying point is the same. I mean, we've been talking to me like, Hey, look, if you guys want to defund the police, that's our thing. We'll help you get there. Um, so we've reached out to them in different ways. I actually raised, uh, 500,000 Democrats to sign the petition to recall Gavin Newsom during the recall. And, uh, and that was so we could get a progressive in office. And if you look at the voting results, uh, there's a guy named Mark Ted or Brad or something like that, who filed at the 11th hour, didn't have any political experience and got more votes than uh, I think it was Kevin Cox, the mayor of San Diego or something like that. You'll so note were- that uh, th- when the Republicans want to do something that a progressive or a liberal would think is a good idea, there is always a second reason. You obviously know a lot of people high up in the uh, conservative arena, as do I. Um, and I could tell you one of the prime reasons that they may or may not have discussed with you of why they want to defund the police. They want to defund the police in areas where there are a lot of African-Americans or people of color. Why? Because they feel then, then those people will kill each other off and will do the job that the police could never get away with, not in a million years. Same thing with Florida not providing medical care uh, for transgenders. They just hope they evaporate, expire, go away, along with the entire LGBT population. A great way for DeSantis to get rid of Disney. Just kill all the employees, because uh, who are they? Well, it's not straight guys sitting around going, I want to work on the Tinkerbell project. That I can tell you for sure. All of this has a dark side and it needs to be spoken about. And fighting for that, or at least acknowledging it, I think is part of our our mission here. You, Bianca von Krieg, have been a vocal critic of grooming in schools. And for people listening on the radio that might be over 50, they're going to think that means a neat, tidy appearance. (laughs) People (laughs) say under 40, listening on a stream or a podcast, they have a different sense of what grooming is. In this context, uh, grooming in schools, what is that? 
Well, I think grooming stems from the idea that there is somehow a, a nefarious plot on, on the behalf of the LGBT community to, you know, essentially recruit people uh, and, and make them transgender. Um, obviously, that's not true. But uh, I do want to make sure that, again, we need to keep the politics out of our institutions like schools and, med- and, and medicine. Schools should be a place of wonder and learning, and it, it shouldn't be influenced by these kinds of things. They should be allowed to grow on their own, and it should, they should be protected from these things. And it's, it does seem like there has been a bit of an overreach, which is ultimately you know, undermining you know, things for everybody. I mean, there was a time, let me take you back you know, to about six years ago, when everything was great for us. We were getting our surgeries. We were getting accepted in society. And it seems like somebody had to go and ruin it all by you know, dancing in lingerie in front of five-year-olds, which I think is wrong. If that ever happened, and we still don't really have evidence, we're told, well, it could. It could. So we're going to create giant crushing laws in case it could ever happen. And preemptive lawmaking, well, that's just un-American. It's just un-American. So really, none of this stuff has happened. I've never, ever spoken to a teacher, and I have spoken to thousands of teachers who has ever brought up, all right, Timmy, you're three. Let's now talk about what's behind your zipper. Never, not on the radar, never was, not in the curriculum, not even interesting to those teachers. So somebody concocted a make-believe issue so that it could be corrected legally in order to really create combat and disenfranchise other people who may also happen to be voters. None of this is because it's true. But you, you're part of a community where you're the target. Those crosshairs are on your back every possible corner you take, whether you want to use this restroom, that one, ride public transportation, go here, say this, do that. Uh, I mean, that is a, a tough position to be in, especially when there really isn't a real issue, except now there is because the grown-ups, the governors of certain states have declared it the worst social disaster ever to hit humankind. Yeah, it's again, it's the politics of fear, which characterizes the Republican Party and the right. And I think people can see a good snow job when it works. I mean, anybody, a good litmus test when you evaluate a candidate is when they talk, okay, talking about a problem is great, but also proposing a, a solution. They're not proposing any solutions. They're just proposing more hate and fear. And that's not going to get us anywhere. And it's not going to solve anything. Carrie Harris with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. In a moment, we're going to be talking to Bianca von Krieg about what it means to stand in front of the current, let's just say, uh, <laughs> pallor. Plutocrat shell. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. The, the, the way that Congress currently looks, the folks in there, she shows up or she gets when her campaign gets larger first of all are they going to think she's a a she are they going to be on board with pronouns let's talk a little about pronouns that seems to be a real sticking point across the country and we're going to do that in just a moment here on rethinking heroes listen well it's still legal rethinking heroes with carrie harrison rethinkingheroes.com Are you juggling multiple tools to run your online business? Well, thankfully, there's a better way, and it's called Kartra. 
K-A-R-T-R-A. With Kartra, boosting your income has never been easier. That's because it's the ultimate all-in-one platform for online success, offering every tool you need to grow. Imagine building pages, funnels, courses, autoresponders, and checkouts all in one place for one affordable price. And the best part about Kartra is that you can automate anything. So it's like having a team of experts working around the clock to help you earn more. Ready to streamline and scale? Well, visit RethinkingHeroes.com money for a free 30-day trial. That's RethinkingHeroes.com money for a free 30-day trial. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com Are you familiar with Riverside Recovery of Tampa? Well, they offer a profound, all-embracing approach to addiction treatment. With a dedicated team of empathetic professionals, Riverside Recovery is committed to guiding individuals on their path to enduring recovery, using a variety of science-backed therapies, counseling, and support services. Riverside Recovery values the individuality of every recovery journey. Their tailored treatment plans respond to the specific needs, the hurdles, and goals of each resident, providing effective aid regardless of whether you're taking your first steps in recovery or maintaining your progress. With Riverside, recovery isn't just achievable, it's an influential journey towards a healthier, brighter future. The testimonials of those who've undergone treatment there are evidence of rediscovered self-worth and potential. Located on the tranquil Hillsborough River of Tampa, Riverside serves as a peaceful haven, promoting self-discovery and healing. They acknowledge that recovery is about more than just overcoming difficulties. It's also about finding your innate strength and resilience. The Riverside Recovery's committed team are your empathic allies in your recovery journey. They comprehend that genuine healing involves the mind, body, and spirit, meticulously dealing with all facets of addiction. Riverside Recovery is your haven, providing a continuous stream of hope, nourishing the seeds of long-standing change and rejuvenation. Discover more at rrtampa.com or reach out at 800-871-5440. Preventing Truth Decay. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. And it is Carrie Harrison, and it is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Don't forget to enjoy our podcast on every single major streaming cat, uh, cat, cat form and platform. You decide which you prefer, and make sure you like it, and uh, we will get back to you. Also, sign up for our free newsletter so you can see the video portion of this, which we also lay out uh, on the Internet, on Facebook, on pretty much everywhere else we can, so that you can enjoy this thing in the full voluptuous way. Plus, we do a variety of other content that we simply cannot do on the radio, particularly since there's still something called an FCC. It doesn't mean naughty. It just means really interesting. So uh, that's there in line for you. Right now, we're talking to Bianca Von Krieg. She's a transgender congressional candidate holding a degree from MIT and a BA from Stanford, co-host of The Progressive Report. She's running her own campaign for the U.S. House of Representatives to unseat Nancy Pelosi, advocating for universal basic income, defunding the police, taxing the rich, Medicare for all, and the Green New Deal. And we're taking a look at the transgender portion, because that's not going to be invisible, certainly not in this race. I mean, anything. If you have a mole or a, you know, a, a blue 
eye and a green eye. I mean, my God, it's going to become a big thing. So let's talk a little bit about pronouns, because that seems to be the one area that everybody on all sides can weaponize. Simply, they don't seem to understand it fully. Right. Uh, well, I've always been trying. I'm always a kind of been a, a meet the halfway, meet a person halfway kind of person. Um, I generally say, you know, present how you want your pro pronouns to be. Uh, some people don't always do that. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I've never really had a problem, as particularly with the conservative people. I've gotten asked out by, you know, Republican congressmen. So they're not really bothered by the whole transgender thing. I'm concerned about it becoming an awkward thing, you know, with this, uh, you know, kind of spot unnecessarily unnecessary spotlight on us on this on this particular issue. Um, but uh, yeah, pronouns, it seems like it's been taken a little bit too extreme on, on both sides. Um, but, you know, we, we, we are building a lot of bridges with the conservative side by reaching out to them, by saying, you know, by saying, look, we just want to be who we are. And most people are okay with that. You know, my, my nationally syndicated radio show, The Progressive Report, is actually on a MAGA radio sh station. And it's produced by a terrific guy named Greg Penglis. And I'm so grateful to him because I think we're changing the discourse in the Republican Party. And we're getting them to actually see that if you're working class, you should be, really be down with us. You should really be down with the Democratic Socialists which is, of America, which really which is the party I identify with. You know, Because we're, we're actually we're trying to help those people the most at the expense of the pe people who hate them the greatest. And that's really what it comes down to. And that's what so I'm, I'm having a little cognitive dissonance here, Bianca von Krieg, and you'll understand it. You're on a MAGA radio station. They want you on there, and the, uh, and the MAGA people think what you're saying is great. How does that work? Well, I think because we just actually try and talk to them. You know, during the whole Amy Comey Barrett and Kavanaugh thing, we actually called the Trump White House and we asked them point blank, did anybody from our side offer anything to get those people off the list or some of our people on? And they said no. And then on top of that, they said, had they done that, we would have had that conversation. I mean, this is a guy who lives for the deal. He probably like, you know, let you negotiate his lunch with him if you gave him the chance. So they didn't try. And the first step is to start talking to them. And we're actually getting hundreds of dollars of Republicans you know, in Repu verified Republican donations from all across the country, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, Oregon, Massachusetts, they're all coming in and they're all coming around. And we're very proud of that. So it seems to me, and I'm just doing armchair uh, political scientist here, but the, what the, the MAGA folks are hearing is that Really, what you're doing is you're outing the Democrats. I'm not a Democrat. I'm independent. That's just the nature of my job. And I really, both parties are so repulsive to me generally. But I don't have a choice because I live in America and I get chocolate or vanilla. No, we do not do strawberry in this country. Chocolate or vanilla. So it's a tough place for all of us. But I think they're hearing somebody that's banging the Democratic Party and they don't have to do it. And it's a Democrat herself doing it. So it holds way more weight. Do you think there's a risk by taking the, you know, the weaker party, it has chosen to you know, light itself on fire to self-immolate. We know this. But do you suppose that 
helping them be even weaker is going to end up making them stronger? Do they like react and become strong or? Yeah. I mean, do you worry yeah, about I that? Get, yeah, I get yeah, I get what you're saying, Carrie. And the thing is, do I do I use the enemy of my enemy to keep my party honest? Absolutely. And they're doing the same thing, by the way. The Freedom Caucus is reaching out to us because they're having the same problem. They know that both parties are corrupted. You're not the only person who feels that way. Most of America feels disgusted at this kind of like, you know, by this two-party system, which really hasn't been working for anybody in the last 40 years. So yeah, it's necessary to work with them. It's necessary to call out people like Pelosi, who, you know, uh, who is basically a Republican in sheep's clothing. She's a functional Republican. She hasn't done anything for these causes. And by the way, if you go to our YouTube channel, Bianca for San Francisco, and search Harry Britt, you'll see that she took the job from the person who would have been the first openly gay congressman, Harry Britt. He was a protege of Harvey Milk. He was actually appointed by Dianne Feinstein to the Board of Supervisors to replace Harvey Milk after he was assassinated. This is the person she ran against. So she's having a massive overcompensation complex. Right. That's why she prints rainbow wristbands and all these things and marches in gay pride parades. She's afraid. Yeah, and I've, I've met her several times, talked to her, and I got a lot of great talking points. But, um, you know, when pushing where's up against action? where's the backbone, I, I yeah, wasn't where's getting the substance. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of answers. So we can always do better. We always want better. And I appreciate your coming on Rethinking Heroes, Bianca von Krieg, transgender congressional candidate, holding a degree from MIT, a BA from Stanford, co-host of the Progressive Report, running her own campaign for the U.S. House of Representatives against Nancy Pelosi, advocating for universal basic income, defunding the police, taxing the rich, Medicare for all, and the Green New Deal. Very much appreciate having you come on today. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, rethinkingheroes.com, where you can get our anytime podcast on every streaming platform of your choice. Plus, you can get videos on our YouTube channel, Facebook, TikTok, anywhere you want to go. We're here for you 24-7. By the way, little inside radio speak here. When we invite guests, we make it abundantly clear they must have video because we video stream. They must use a wired microphone. You know, you can't have a laptop 20 feet away and expect people on the radio to be able to hear stuff clearly. And we do that because it's about you, the listener, and you deserve the best thing that we can provide. My opinion only, but when someone is running for a leadership position, especially the highest halls of Congress, you got to be able to show up properly if you're going to lead a nation of 350 million people. Anyway, I, I adore you all, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison, Life After the Military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Copyright Audiences United, LLC. All rights reserved.